And you're worthy of worship, you're worthy of praise, you're worthy of honor, you're worthy of thanks, you're worthy of worship, you're worthy of praise, you're worthy of honor, you're worthy of
like to welcome you also if you're a visitor with us this morning. There should be a card in the pew right in front of you. Uh, would, would love to have a record of you being with us this morning. If you would take that, fill that out, drop that in the offering basket on your way out. And so we will here in just a moment pray, pray for our moms, uh, pray for you if, if you have lost a mother this year or if your mother, grandmother uh, is not doing well. And so want to want to pray for you and encourage you with God's goodness and his grace that we would be thankful for his gift of mom and his gift uh, of his faithfulness in our lives. Okay, so. We will have no evening activities this evening because of Mother's Day. would encourage you to spend some time uh, with mom or uh, spend some time with, with family. And then uh, we will we'll be back here Wednesday night. And then next Sunday evening, we will be having a special time of, of work, uh, getting to work around campus, trying to do uh, some things that have been neglected that need some attention. And so next Sunday evening, uh, we'll be spending some time around uh, doing some work there. I would encourage you to uh, pull some time aside and come pitch in and help out. Uh, so that'll be next Sunday night. Uh, also, this today is the last day to nominate uh, men for deacon. And uh, this, those nominations will be, uh, will be brought together and uh, prayed over. And so would encourage you to take one of those forms uh, on the table at the back of the room or either online and nominate uh, nominate as the Lord would lead you to uh, this morning. So we have been memorizing scripture, and so let's recite our, our verse for May. Uh, let's recite from Isaiah 55 of, of God's, God's desire, his, his grace to hear and to hear from us. So let's read it one time. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Isaiah 55, 3. Incline your ear. And who will hear? God will hear. God desires to be known. He desires for us to know him. So much so that he has sent his son to pay our debt to destroy the dividing wall between God and man, our sin, so that anyone who would call upon Christ would be saved in their sin, paid for by Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. God, thank you for your mercy and your grace in Christ. No matter the day, we have today because of you, because you are Lord, you are God, and because you out of the abundance of your goodness, have given your Son to be the Savior of all who would call upon his name. And so, Father, I ask that would be true of each of us this morning, that, God, you would call each of us to trust in your Son, Jesus, some to renewed faith, some to first faith, by your grace, God. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your abundant love that informs, directs, and that is, Lord, the gift of, of our moms. Lord, uh, as, as there's potentially a lot of hurt, there's a loss there, God, I ask that, Lord, you would be with each of us. 
God, you would help us, Lord, that our hearts would be thankful, that, God, we would be able to appreciate and love on love on our mothers, God, and that, Lord, you would direct us through this day to you and your goodness, that we would see you as the author of life, as the giver of our families, and as the sovereign God over all of our experience. And so, Father, would you lead us? Would you guide us this day? God, would you lead your people? And Lord, would you speak to us in your word for our good and ultimately for your glory? In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship. Living, he loved me, 
to meet the Lord, then sin and death will be destroyed, and we will feast in endless joy when Christ is ours forevermore. Springs eternal, oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess Christ our hope in life and death. No, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. our hope in life and death, now and ever we confess, Christ our hope in life and death. Christ, you are our hope in life and death. Lord, you have conquered death. God, you rose from the grave. You defeated sin on that cross. And now we can have eternal life. We can have everlasting life with you. What a gift. A gift that we are so undeserving of. Father, thank you. You are our Lord. Help us surrender. Help us to bow down. Help us to worship you and you alone. God, I pray for Pastor Joel. Lord, as he comes to bring this, the word, the message, God, that you will give us ears to hear. But God, more importantly, hearts that are open, that are soft, that are ready to respond. God, that we can leave this building, this sanctuary, better equipped to be your church. God, better equipped to love you and love those around us. God, speak through Pastor Joel. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. see all of you here this Mother's Day, and uh, I uh, had the privilege of talking with my mother this morning, and uh, we'll go to see her after service today, uh, and uh, she was born in 24, and I was thinking, you know, we're almost to 24 again. And I've still got her around, so I praise the Lord for the opportunity uh, to be around my mother. Uh, continue to pray for the chairman of our elders, uh, for Billy. I, I could see you out of the corner of my eye when we're singing. And uh, uh, I was singing for you. 
Because I know that with the cancer and the treatment in your throat, you can't sing right now. And I, I, I said, Lord, uh, help me to sing well and uh, let it be for Billy and uh, unto the Lord. So uh, I was interceding for you, okay? And we want to continue to do that. Uh, it's Mother's Day, and uh, we've had... Uh, uh, some significant things happened this past week. Uh, you know about the release of a draft uh, from the Supreme Court and uh, the turmoil that uh, is uh, created as a result of that. Um, I was around uh, when Roe v. Wade uh, was passed and remember how it kind of tore the country apart then. And uh, the potential of it being reversed will have the same type of effect. I find it very odd that there are those who would uh, protest today, in particular on Mother's Day. You may have seen in the news, many will be protesting at churches. Uh, the potential of that, and uh, I don't want to be unsympathetic. This is a... Uh, th this is a very deep-seated uh, passion on the part of people on both sides of the issue, so I don't want to be uncompassionate. Uh, and yet, um, you know, when you think about infanticide and abandonment and uh, particularly par partial birth abortion, uh, I saw a young lady with a sign uh, that said abortion is natural. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's called a miscarriage is what the natural abortion is. I've, I've held stillborn babies in my arms with moms and dads who wanted their pastor uh, to hold them and to have blessings over them. And so... Uh, uh, I just ask you to be much in prayer because this will be volatile. It will be volatile and yet necessary. Uh, and uh, I, don't, I don't politicize much. This is not really political because the right to abort a child is not in the Constitution. I got one amen out of that one. The right to life is in the Constitution. Well, y'all aren't with me this morning, okay? Maybe, maybe y'all are a different crowd than I think you are. I mean, the right to life is in the Constitution. It is stated clearly. Amen? It is. And uh, it, it is not natural to do that. And I, I don't want to... I realize there may be some in here who've had an abortion. And the, 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 the intent is not to pour out guilt. We're all guilty, Every single one of us, we're guilty sinners, and we have a great Savior. And so that's what I want to do this morning, um, is I want to call our attention to the great Savior. Before we do that, I, I do want us to pray, and uh, I'm going to pray in particular for a mother named uh, uh, Jessica. Uh, I don't remember, I can't tell you how many years ago it was, because I can't remember what yesterday was. Uh, that we sent a team down to, on the Amazon River. And when we were there, uh, we were cared for by Jessica, those of us on uh, the mission team. 
she was the pastor there, Nuncio's wife, and she was caring for us, feeding us, and uh, she had uh, malaria and doing that, and she just found out while we were there that she was pregnant with a child. And in all of that, she was caring for us. And so uh, Samaritan's Purse right now has a, a mission outreach to care for mothers in Columbia. And so one of the things I did for my mother uh, on uh, Mother's Day is give a gift in honor of my mother to that particular uh, mission in Columbia. And... Uh, and there are lots of mothers who give and sacrifice and uh, uh, care for. I thank my mother for not kicking me out of the house the many times that I'm sure she had wanted to. And I said to her, you know, there must have been moments where you understand why some animals eat their young when they're little. And my mother said, do what? I said, well, I don't think mothers of animals eat their young when they're little I think it's dads that eat their young okay uh, but it's a picture of great care and uh, of compassion and I thank you mothers for the way you have raised your children toward Christ so let's pray together and father we come giving you thanks for um, the way you have created us and Lord we we celebrate fatherhood and and Lord, you are our Father, and we celebrate motherhood, for you have made mothers to bear us. And in, in that picture, we see so much of the work of the Holy Spirit. We see your care for us, for you say that you care for us as a mother cares for a nursing child. And so, Father, we find so much in the life in which we exist right here of the greatness of your grace and salvation both in fatherhood and in motherhood. We thank you for the mothers that you have given us whether they were good mothers or bad mothers or like most of us we've been both good and bad. Uh, we pray your blessings on our mothers, and we would pray that if our mothers do not have a saving relationship with you, that even through today's activities, we would have opportunity to show your grace. I do pray for Jessica in particular, a pastor's wife living in a very hard uh, environment and has suffered much. Uh, thank you for the children that you have given to her and to Nuncio. And I pray, Lord, that their children are blessings to them and that you would use them greatly in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have a copy of God's Word. Uh, I know we're learning Isaiah 55, 3 for the month. I didn't plan this. I planned the schedule out back in November, I guess it was. Uh, today we are in Isaiah 55 and we will be looking at verses 1 through 3 and uh, I will read the text with you and I want to go ahead and say up front uh, in the English Standard Version from which I am reading uh, the first word in verse 1 is translated as come uh, the Hebrew word is H-O 
okay and so some of your translations will say what hope okay (laughs) and that's correct I mean that's a transliteration actually Uh, it's not the same as the other words uh, come so it's a word to say listen look behold I want your attention so ho everyone who thirsts come to the waters and he who has no money come buy and eat these are imperatives come and buy wine and milk without money and without price so why do you spend your money for that which is not bread or food some translations will be and your labor you labor for that which does not satisfy so listen diligently literally listen to listen listen to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food incline your ear and come to me and hear why that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant and my steadfast sure love for David a uh, commentator that I've mentioned many times uh, Alec Maltier uh, in writing about this I just want to quote something that he wrote he says each come highlights a distinct aspect of what is offered God is offering us something here we are we're coming to the communion table the Lord's Supper table Uh, Jesus said I will no longer eat the Lord's Supper with you until I eat it with you in glory Uh, We give out just a little bitty cup and a little bitty wafer, okay? That's not the picture of the one that's to come. Uh, The wedding feast of the Lamb is going to be uh, bigger than any feast you could ever imagine. Uh, Heaven's so great that what do they use for asphalt in heaven? Gold, okay? I mean, we... Uh, we use junk here and there they use gold for asphalt can you imagine what the glorious feast is to be and so that's what he's talking about it highlights the existence of need and the adequacy of the provision for the one who is thirsty you who have no money speaks of the one who has nothing who comes and highlighting Uh, This come highlights the poverty of the needy one. But this is a purchase. Notice it says buy, which somehow is free to the purchaser. You don't have any money, but he says come and buy. Why? Because it's already been purchased for us by one who has freely given the price required come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost highlights the richness not just the water and the milk uh, wine and milk but as well the freeness of them and alongside this emphasis on freeness is the verb buy and it's repeated so the thought of purchase is not set aside in other words this meal cost something but it is free to the one who comes empty there is a price and a purchase and though it is not ours to pay for 
We bring our poverty to a transaction already completed. This feast is of one of love and forgiveness, he says. It is the Lord's salvation with the servant that is Jesus who is at the center. His part is the purchase. Our part is the freeness. I thought it was a pretty good statement. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to ask four questions. And I'm going to answer them, and they'll be hopefully pretty simple for you this morning. First question is, to what are we invited? If you look at the text here, what is the invitation? Well, it's God's great salvation. And uh, I'm I'm actually going to jump down to verse 7, which we didn't read. And uh, to emphasize this, it's already been stated about his, uh, his steadfast love, which is his loving kindness toward us. But verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return or turn. It's the same word in the Old Testament uh, text. Uh, so it can be translated either way. Let him turn to the Lord or return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. We mentioned this word last week. In the original text of Scripture, it's a word that is translated womb, W-O-M-B, where a mother uh, cares for the child. So when you think about compassion, it's so fitting for Mother's Day because God shows us that kind of compassion. So he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will do what? Abundantly pardon. So what are we invited to is God's great, gracious, kind, loving, compassionate salvation. Second question is, who is invited? And the answer is twofold. Number one, to the thirsty and the broke. That's what it says. Everyone who thirsts and he who has no money, back in verse 1. We've got to come to the point of bankruptcy spiritually before we can ever enter into the greatness of God's salvation. We are totally incapable of saving ourselves. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are blind to the truth. We mentioned it again last week. The natural man does not comprehend the things of the Spirit of God. Oh, yeah, I sat under the preaching of God's Word, and I heard not grace, though grace was taught. I I remember hearing a professor at a seminary uh, when he was saying, uh, guys, um, you know, there are times that I questioned whether or not I was teaching the right thing because people would say to me, uh, I never hear you preach grace. And he says, I preach grace every single Sunday. I preach the grace of God where Christ freely died on the cross for our salvation. The problem is in the hearing. It is in the hearing that someone hears the gospel message being preached and all they hear is do 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 instead of done 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 Christ has done it all it's all of grace who is invited the thirsty and the broke and I don't know if that describes you today but it should 
If you are in Christ, it does describe you. If you come to trust in him alone, you know what it means to be thirsty and unable to purchase anything for yourself. It is by grace and grace alone that we are saved. But there's a second group, and you may have missed it, but in verse 2 he says, as he's writing, you spend your money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy. So, so there is the thirsty and the broke, but there's also the self-sufficient. Now, you may have been self-sufficient. You may be here today self-sufficient to say, I really don't need all of that Jesus stuff, you know. And, and I don't, you know, I can remember a time in my life I didn't need that Jesus stuff. And when I share the gospel with people, tell them the good news of Christ, I hear it all the time. I'm good enough. I Actually, I'm better than you are. And then you know what? I'm not going to argue. Uh, they probably are. There's a lot of people out there that are better than I am. And it isn't about our goodness. There are good sinners and there are bad sinners and everything in between. Aren't there? I mean, you know, there's some good people out there. When you and I look at them and they do so many kind things and they give themselves so sacrificially to others and, and have no relationship with Jesus Christ, they're self-sufficient, but they're lost. They will spend an eternity without Christ, but guess what? They are invited to come to Jesus. What is offered well, notice what is offered. Number one, there are some benefits that are offered. Water, I think it speaks of refreshment. What satisfies the soul? The, 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 the longing that we have. The one who is thirsty, let him come and drink of Christ. And there's a satisfaction that comes. Uh, you know, in our, in our unsaved, in our lost condition, without Christ, there's, there's something missing. Uh, Ecclesiastes tells us, the, the preacher says, God has put eternity in the hearts of men. There's, there's a longing for something that's not quite there. And the scripture says here, he offers water. He says, come and buy water, you who have no money. There is refreshment. Come and buy milk. There's nourishment. He talks about the Word uh, in this passage of Scripture, uh, where God's Word will not return to Him empty. It will accomplish everything that God has sent it to. His, his Word is like milk. As a newborn babe, we desire the pure milk of the Word. There is a nourishment for the soul that we find in Christ Jesus and everything that he says. So that when Jesus was talking about uh, uh, you search the scriptures for in them you think you find eternal life. They are th the things that testify about what? Me he said. And except you eat my flesh and drink my blood you cannot be my disciples. And he wasn't speaking literally there. And we know that because I don't think when he said that he had cut off a finger and said, here, eat it. Do you? I mean, there are some, I'm, you know, I don't want to argue the point, but 
But listen, he was talking figuratively there. He was talking about receiving all of Christ. And Christ nourishes the soul. And then the wine for enjoyment. I can't believe my Baptist preacher just said uh, uh, wine and enjoyment. But that's exactly what the scripture says. Coming by what? Wine. We should enjoy our salvation. It should fulfill us. It should bring us to great excitement. I, I ran into one of our uh, Louisiana church members this morning, and I said, I, I, did you hear about the Garth quake that took place in Baton Rouge last week? And they said, oh, yeah, I heard about it. Now, some of you are looking at me and going, what in the world's a Garth quake? Well, uh, Garth Brooks had a concert at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, Louisiana on Monday of this past week. Saw it in the news. And it came to the end of the concert and they sang a song that I've never heard. Uh, it's called uh, Calling, Calling, not Calling, Calling Baton Rouge. Okay? Uh, it was written by the Oak Ridge Boys in 1993, just in case you want to know that. I did my research. I like to do my research on everything. And uh, as they were singing it over at the uh, geology department, they has a seismograph. And everybody was singing this song and jumping up and down and having such a great time. Guess what it did? It set off the seismograph as having an earthquake in Baton Rouge, right there. Well, I'm telling you what, that can't compare with what heaven's going to be like for the saints of God. You know, I, I grew up uh, a, a very stoic in, in my worship. I, I grew up in a church where it was improper to move your hands. It was improper to look at anybody else during the service. You certainly didn't say a word or you got thumped in the back of the head with your daddy's thumb. You know, I, that... Uh, the, on Mother's Day, all the ladies wore hats, okay? Are you really that old? Yes, I'm really that old. I, I remember those days. And, uh, you know, it's hard for me to go, hallelujah. You know, Billy, when I was singing for you, I was watching your wife next to you just going, whoo, she was having a good time, okay? Guess what? All of that, that restriction, that... Uh, has been imposed on us maybe through our culture and upbringing when we get to heaven man we're going to cut loose and let it go we're going to be shouting I, I think the first thing we're going to do is fall on our faces before a holy God and then we will stand up and sing and shout but that's what the scripture is saying here God is offering that for us here Jesus said I came that you might have life more abundantly well secondly there's a bounty that is offered we're asking, answering the question what's offered there's a bounty offered verse 2 says listen diligent to me and eat what is good and secondly delight yourselves in rich food so notice the bounty is good it speaks of its quality the quality of our salvation, he describes with a word that we know it is good. In John fourteen four, 
Jesus is talking to the woman at the well who is going and striving to get water. Uh, She has lived a wicked life. She's hiding from those who would ridicule her. And when she gets water, Jesus says to her, you're going to drink that water, and guess what? After you drink it, you're going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. We're talking about the soul. We're talking about the the human heart is satisfied with the goodness of Christ. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And in John chapter 17 and verse 3 it tells us, And this is eternal life, that they may know you the father and the one whom you have sent the son it is good his bounty is good his bounty is rich and I think it speaks of quantity as well in that when we receive Christ he's more than enough his grace is not just enough we have a lot of songs that we say those words his grace is enough and enough is it's just not capable of capturing what it, the bounty of the Lord is. Notice what Jesus said in John 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, what was he talking about? Well, he explains it in the next verse. He says, now he said this about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to those who have believed in him who have yet to receive because he had not gone to the Father. There's an overflowing of the Spirit that he says is there and is in the bounty of God's grace. But he also offers blessing. Blessing is offered. And notice this blessing is a person. It is a person. In verse 3, he said, come to me. Christ is the blessing. Christ is the feast. We call this the Lord's Supper. We call it uh, Thanksgiving. We call it communion. What does it mean to commune? It means to be in fellowship with. It means that when you spend time with Christ, he is all that you need and he satisfies the longing of our heart come to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and that's what he's inviting you and I to do today but secondly this blessing is a promise know what he notice again in verse 3 he says and I will make with you an everlasting covenant that was his promise he talked about it Uh, The scripture talked about it in chapter 53, the promise that Christ would die for our sin. He makes an everlasting covenant with us. He makes a steadfast, sure love with us. That's that word we talked about last week, that loving kindness, that faithfulness and loyalty to a, a covenant. So everything that was promised by the Lord is fulfilled in Jesus Christ on the cross, at the tomb, At the mercy seat in heaven, it it will be there when he comes and receives us unto himself. And then lastly, what is required? What is required? 
there's some commands that are here. The first I want to bring up is the word to listen. And I, re- I say that because you can hear something and not listen. I say that because my wife can be talking to me. And uh, she has clearly said the words. She has delineated the words, enunciated them properly. And it has entered the auditory nerve of my ear and has gone all the way to my brain. And found nothing to hook onto. (laughs) I heard it. But you know what? I didn't listen. Wasn't listening. She'll ask me a question sometimes. I'll even, you know, I may be sitting there watching a football game, and she say uh, something to me, and I, I don't hear. And she finally she'll get my attention, and she'll say, "What are you doing over there?" And you know what I'll say? I'm watching the TV. I'll say nothing. And she'll say, "Well, how can you do nothing, men? I'm like, I want a witness here. Can you men do nothing? Amen." I mean, I I just think it's a guy thing. We men are really good at doing nothing. Amen. (laughs) Boy, I got some good amens going on, okay? And what does God tell us? Ho. Okay. (laughs) Listen. Listen. And when he says it, actually, in uh, verse 2... Listen diligently. It's the same word twice. (laughs) Okay? The same Hebrew word. Back to back. One of them is an infinitive. Listen to listen. One's an imperative. Listen to listen. You have to be intentional, guys. We have to make sure that we actually listen to what God is saying. And then in verse 3, he says, incline your ear, and the Hebrew word literally means to bend over, to stretch out your ear. It has intent, inclining oneself to hear what the Lord has to say. You can come to church and not hear a word. I know I've done it. You probably have done it. I didn't get anything out of it today. And hear God say anything to me. Incline your ear. Secondly, he what is required is to come. And the word to come here is also translated walk. It means movement toward Christ. It implies repentance. I was heading in that direction. I'm self-sufficient or bankrupt, whichever the one uh, the two may be, and I have come to the Lord. I am coming to Christ. So incline your ear and come to him that your soul may live. And then thirdly, he says, buy, knowing you can't afford it. You can't afford it. Have you ever been to a restaurant that didn't have prices on it? I I, I did once. (laughs) And then I decided we were not going to stay there. You know, if, if, if it doesn't have prices on it, guess what? I can't afford it. I, I, I know that. What does Jesus say? Come. And when you get the menu, guess what's not on it? The prices. And he says, feast. Buy. But you can't afford it. But someone else has already paid for it. 
Someone says, I got the ticket. Christ has paid our debt. So he who has no money, come and buy and eat and come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Then fourthly, to eat. He says, eat. I really think this uh, parallels with faith. It's repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. To receive him. To take all of him. He asked the question, why are you spending money for that which is not bread? Oh, come and eat of Christ. Take of Christ freely. And then lastly, he says, and it's an imperative, to delight. To take exquisite delight in something. It's actually a word that is used for a special relationship between a man, a husband, and a wife, okay? Uh, I hope that trips uh, a thought in your head. Uh, Delighting yourself in the richness of what Christ says. I mean, it is a joyful experience to come to Christ. So what do I need to do? Well, Isaiah 55 Verses 6 and 7, and I'll conclude with these verses. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Today, that's what God is asking us to do. And when you come to this table, and you won't physically come to this table, at our church, our tradition is, is we will pass it out to you, and we'll all, as family, we will eat it together. Uh, and uh, Pastor Matthew's going to lead us in that time. But in doing that, seek the Lord through it. This is a time of confession. It's a time of calling out unto the Lord. It's a time of crying out to Him for help. It's acknowledging our sin before the Lord and repenting of it and saying to the Lord, "My, my heart's desire is to have constant communion with you. So, but if you're not in Christ... You need to, verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way and let him return to the Lord or turn to the Lord. Come to Christ, seeking now, call upon him. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Early in my ministry, you know, uh, Janet and I are going to celebrate our 44th wedding anniversary on Friday. Amen. I've been in ministry longer than she and I have been married. I've been serving churches longer than that. And when I first started preaching, I followed my pastor's example when I preached on Mother's Day. Because this is what he said. He said, on Mother's Day, the greatest gift you can give to your mother is to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ today. And no greater gift could you give her than to become a child of God. I've moved away from that. I really have. I, I, I think that's the wrong motivation. I think the motivation today ought to be come to the greatest gift. Come to the greatest gift. Christ is offering the greatest gift ever to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You become the recipient of the greatest gift ever. There is nothing better than Christ in us, our hope of glory. So come to Christ. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive Christ. Become born again of the Spirit of God. Cry out unto God and say, Oh God, birth me into your kingdom. I place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Him alone, I'm trusting your grace today. And so, heads bowed and eyes closed. We are going to have a moment of response to the Lord's greatest invitation. And that is to come to Him. And so, Father, before we sing this song, our heart is that everyone in this room, everyone who is listening by way of the Internet, will understand to listen with intent. To listen in order to listen so that you might give life. That you might show your compassion. That you might pardon all of our sin through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not a work we do. It's not anything we can buy But the work is done through Christ. And his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven. His presenting his own blood in the heavenly mercy seat. Satisfying the just demands of your righteousness. And the consequences of our sin. And that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.